Greetings from Detroit, Michigan. Today we're going to be talking about, well, Detroit, Michigan, uh, a little bit about the best and worst states to retire in, uh, a little social security quiz for you, and more local insanity regarding governance in Portland, Oregon. So, Detroit, Michigan. Right now, I'm coming to you from Detroit. I had to come out here uh, to look in on one of my rental properties, and that situation is really an episode-length story in and of itself. But let me just say this. If you're considering buying a turnkey property in Detroit, please reach out to me. Now that I have three years under my belt having worked with one of the bigger turnkey providers here, I might be able to help you avoid some serious heartache. Um, now, before we get into the news, I just wanted to share a couple thoughts about Detroit. Um, now, I'm sure you've all seen images of the burned out and boarded up homes, the abandoned factories, the vacant lots, the closed businesses and whatnot. Um, and then you might have also heard about Detroit's comeback or uh, rebirth fueled by billionaire Dan Gilbert. Um, Detroit's really an interesting story and I hope that COVID hasn't derailed its progress, um, but when you drive around, it's still really a, kind of a sad place. I visited the abandoned Packard factory, uh, which is actually really amazing to see. I'll post some pictures of that at uh, Rogue Retirement Lounge slash 23, episode 23. Um, you should check it out. It's really thought-provoking seeing what was once like hundreds of thousands of square feet of manufacturing space, putting out hundreds of thousands of automobiles, but now is a ghost town. It, it looks like an Armageddon movie set. And I'll bet if you asked 10 random people on the street what a Packard even is, half of them would have no idea. Um, but anyway, so I drove around the perimeter of the abandoned factory buildings, and it was sad to see that homes around there were burned out and boarded up or just overgrown with vegetation. Um, and I'll post some pictures of those uh, as well. But seeing so much unused land and abandoned homes was really kind of shocking for me, given how rare sites like that are back home where I live. Now, the other phenomenon that I observed immediately when I arrived here was the overall unhealthy appearance of the people who live here. Um, how to put this delicately. Uh, I'd say the people I've come in contact with here are a good 20 pounds heavier on average than people where I'm from. Now, I'm not saying this to impugn anyone or fat shame anyone, but it's just, just what I noticed. And yes, there are fat people on the West Coast, and I'm not saying one population is better than the other, but it's, it's just weird to see. Um, and I went to a grocery store last night uh, near the hotel I'm staying at, which is in the suburbs west of town near the airport. And the grocery store had literally almost no produce at all. There was an end cap with Kool-Aid from top to bottom and more flavors than I had ever seen in my life. And, um, and just walking around town, um, everyone had a bottle of red or orange soda in their hands. And it... It's just weird to see. So what's my point? Well, I'm I'm not sure if I have one, but if your neighborhood environment is blight and boarded up buildings and there's litter everywhere and most of the people around you are fat and unhealthy, is it any wonder that you might end up fat and unhealthy and probably hold a pretty low opinion of yourself? So I didn't want to go down the rabbit hole on this, but I did do a little research on life expectancy here in Michigan. I mean, if people are living off Kool-Aid and fast food, it stands to reason 
that they aren't going to be living as long as people in San Diego who drink alkalized water and eat quinoa and do yoga four times a week. Um, so get this. Research from the National Center for Health Statistics showed that life expectancy in one uh, part of East Grand Rapids, one neighborhood in East Grand Rapids, came in at almost 91 years. While close by, one Detroit area, the life expectancy was only 62 years. Uh, and that's with a statewide Michigan average life expectancy of 78.2 years. So there's a dramatic variation in life expectancies from county to county in Michigan. Um, now, the AP came out with an interactive map of census tracts that shows how widely life expectation varies in the state. Um, and there's a Detroit News article that has a lot of really interesting information along with that AP map. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes so you can check it out if you're interested in life expectancy of people in Michigan. So there's a lot that goes into one's life expectancy. But when I look around Detroit, I'm not surprised that in a lot of areas that I've driven through, people can expect to have a frighteningly and quite frankly, sadly, short life. So again, I don't I don't really know if I have a point here. I've, I just had a little culture shock on this visit, to be honest. And uh, besides making connecting flights at the airport, this is my first time in Detroit. What I can say is this, it's important to see new places and to see how other people live just for the sake of perspective. You know, I'm grateful that I've had the chance to travel. I've seen uh, over 40 of the states and I've been in maybe 15 or so countries. Uh, and every time I go somewhere new, I get something out of it, whether it's seeing the abject poverty in Peru and India or the clean, tidy order of Tokyo or the shitty food in Australia or the fact that trying to get ice cubes in your cocktails is like pulling teeth in France. It's always interesting to see how other people live. And having a global perspective, in my opinion, is extremely important. And especially during the last few years with all the political horseshit and division going on. Anyway, I hope that as the world opens back up that you can get out there and have some travel experiences yourself. Um, and I hope that you also realize how fortunate you are. You know, just by the fact that you have the spare time to listen to this podcast and that you might have the wherewithal to actively plan your retirement, you're probably in the global 1% or, or at least the top 5%. And use that, use that perspective to build up your gratitude muscles. Be thankful for what you have. Anyway, sermon over. Jesus, what was that all about? Okay, let's talk news. So yesterday, Bankrate released its best and worst states for retirement list for 2021. Now, I, I love reading these lists just mainly just because they're kind of all over the map. And one publication's results can be dramatically different from another one's, even if they have similar methodologies. Now, before I get into to Bankrate's methodologies, I'm going to give you the top five and the bottom five. Let's start with the worst first. Coming in at 46, you've got Alaska. At 47, they have Montana. 48 is Kansas. 49 is Minnesota. And number 50, the worst state to retire in in 2021 is none other than Maryland. And having been to um, what Baltimore, actually, it's been a while since I've been to Baltimore, but having been there, it's no surprise that they would rank Maryland as one of the uh, is the worst state because that's a that's a pretty scary place. But one thing that really made me scratch my head here was that 
If you've been to Montana and you've been to Kansas, it's impossible to believe that they would be back to back in the bottom five states to retire. No offense to anyone in Kansas, but I've been all through both states and Montana is infinitely superior to Kansas for a ton of reasons. So right there, you should take all these lists with a grain of salt. Um, and, you know, most of Montana is really gorgeous. The cost of living in most of the state is semi-reasonable. There's a couple college towns, so it's not just old ranchers and rednecks. Uh, and though they do have a state income tax, it's pretty reasonable with a top rate of 6.9%, and there's no sales tax. Um so I could probably spend all day talking about Montana, but I can see having Kansas in the bottom five, but I can't see having Montana in the bottom five, especially right next to Kansas. Anyway, one other reason that I love Montana is that my favorite, number one favorite bar in the whole country is in Great Falls, Montana, and that's the Sip and Dip Lounge. Look that up. Uh, if you're ever in kind of north central Montana, check out uh, Great Falls and go to the Sip and Dip. It's a super cool place. So now let's cover the five best states to retire according to Bankrate. So number five is Massachusetts. Okay. Number four is Missouri. Uh, okay. Number three is Tennessee, okay, I, and now I can kind of dig that. Number two is Florida, which makes sense. And number one is, drumroll, Georgia. Now, I've got nothing against Georgia, but I just can't see that as the best state in the union to retire to. You know, and actually, I'm, I'm going to just kind of pinch this off right here. If you want to read more, I'll have a link in the show notes. Um, I mean, I can, I can see a top... 10 or top 20 list of cities or MSAs to retire in just because lifestyle, healthcare, real estate prices, and even weather are hyper local. I mean, you might decide on a specific state because of the tax rates, but the quality of life variance from town to town within any state can be really severe. So anyway, the next time that I see what looks like a well thought out top cities list. Maybe I'll cover that for you. But uh, now that I've talked about the results of this list, the whole concept is kind of dumb. But if you want to check it out, the link is in the show notes. Next up, how much do you know about claiming social security? Do you know the difference between survivor benefits and spousal benefits? Well, to test your knowledge on social security, on the CNBC website, they've put up a 12-question quiz. Full disclosure, I scored 11 out of 12 on the quiz. Um, but you should take the quiz. It'll only take you a couple of minutes, but it'll let you know if you need some further education about Social Security. Make it happen. Uh, link is in the show notes. Okay, now for some news of the absurd from my hometown of Portland, Oregon. Get this. Our city council, in all its wisdom, is considering new rules for homeless camp cleanups. If they approve these new rules, the city will, quote, deprioritize camps that they deem, quote, low impact. And when they say deprioritize, that means they won't remove them. So what's a low impact homeless camp, you might ask? Well, according to the waterheads on our city council, a camp is considered low impact if it's at least 150 feet away from a child care facility, preschool, or primary school. And near high schools, a homeless camp is considered low impact if it's 10 feet away. 
So just let that sink in. How would you feel if your kid's kindergarten had a homeless camp 150 feet away? I mentioned this in a previous episode, but it bears repeating. In Portland in 2019, over 50% of all arrests made were homeless people. These are drug addicts, people with severe mental health issues, and face it, criminals. Anyway, I just wanted to share that with you because as I watch Portland circle the bowl, I share these little fun factoids because if you live in a town that hasn't yet started to welcome and coddle homeless drug addicts and bums, you are fortunate, but stay vigilant and vote in your local elections. There are some seriously fucked up people who land positions of power that can literally destroy your city. And for the last decade or so, these dumb shits have been legislating the demise of my hometown, and I just hope that this does not happen to your hometown. Anyway, that's it for today. Uh, remember, you can support this show by signing up for the Marriott Bonvoy Rewards credit card at rogueretirementlounge.com slash blog slash points. You'll earn up to 100,000 points just for signing up, and I'll get some bonus points for referring you. And I'd be forever grateful. And as always, if you would subscribe or follow this podcast, I would really, really appreciate it. Or better yet, send it to a self-employed friend. Uh, all right. Thanks so much. And I will talk to you next week. Nothing in this podcast is meant to be financial, legal, or tax advice. Though there's some kick-ass information here, it's for informational purposes only. Take control of your retirement planning, but get professional counsel if you need tax, legal, or financial advice. For more content like this, join my mailing list at rogueretirementlounge.com. And if you have questions about retirement investing, entrepreneurship, business, or anything else, my email address is matt at rogueretirementlounge.com.